Are we recording? Oh yeah! It's like <laughs> a year from now. Macho. Oh man, that's Vincy. I like that my kids know that I'm healthy and strong and fit, and that their mom is healthy and strong and fit. Going, okay, I can still get better without having to do a max effort every single day. Smashing yourself on the roller for uh, an hour, right? you're good by the next day as long as you had a sandwich and a net. Coming to you live from a jungle uh, in Calgary. I'm just sure if someone can hear the hail going on in the background. Um, hopefully it doesn't damage our vehicles. Anyway, so this will be the second episode um, in what's probably going to be quite a series of episodes related to the power duration relationship. Um, and we're we're back in our uh, we're back in the office all together, which is great. Um, so actually, we, we heard from some people regarding the last episode about how um, they just didn't really understand why we were talking about it and why it was important and why it was interesting to us. And I think the two main points, which I think we'll quickly summarize it before we get into today's topics, are the reason um, I personally really like, or, or I started really digging into the power duration relationship and concepts of critical power um, and whatnot, um, is just because within this within this uh, model, and it's, again, it's not it's not prescriptive; it's descriptive. They cover a lot of ground. Uh, and the science within the model, uh, when you can go and research, covers uh, a l- covers basically almost everything you can think of uh, in terms of what's been measured, and it puts it in context, which is quite important. Um, so the real, the two main reasons are, which I believe is common amongst the fitness industry, and specifically in our in our area of like functional fitness, is. Um, is the ability to, to define terms and to say what things are um, because that's something that needs to be done and for people to be able to follow along. So in the last episode, we would have went through a lot of definitions or a lot of, um, a lot of terminology, um, but we will continue using that terminology. And it's terminology that I believe everyone can get behind and try to make sense of, which then goes to the next part, is people having the ability to talk to one another um, in terms of, it, like, let's just say, like, coaches now, if they're going to talk to one another, is the ability to share the same language and not basically, you know, we all speak English, but you speak a different type of English than me, and I have no idea what you're talking about when you reference terms uh, regarding intensity, when you're talking about the way you design training for your athletes. Um, so I believe one of the, one of the reasons to, for people to try to understand this is so that everyone can have, can work on a common language in terms of, uh, fitness and describing intensity and kind of describing the characteristics that go along with intensity. And that really is probably the main underlying driving force for me um, is, to try to, is to try to illustrate how this system can explain a lot of stuff within CrossFit. Again, describe, not prescribe, describe what's going on. And I just believe it'll be helpful uh, for people to be able to talk to one another um, and this is more in terms of coaches to underst- to be able to understand what they're prescribing to other people. Okay. So last time we discovered, or sorry, we dis- we uh, we discussed uh, the int- the ins and outs of the power duration relationship, going through the four intensity zones, 
um, describing what critical power is, critical torque, critical speed. We introduced the concept of W prime. I think we discussed uh, sustainable versus unsustainable and just going to the point of how that is a definable characteristic within um, the power duration relationship. And um, that's a, basically, it's just a word that's thrown around too often in, in uh, CrossFit and functional fitness, knowing that most everything you're doing is by definition unsustainable and it only appears sustainable through intermittency. Um, but even for the most part, if that, if that effort had been extrapolated for another 10 minutes, it would no longer be sustainable and the rest would get longer uh, because it's not sustainable. That's just that's the nature of it. And you can think of that either in terms of the critical power concept or critical torque concept. Okay, so uh, the first part would be, we're just gonna cover some basic stuff. So uh, we'll just have a discussion about how could you increase your critical power, your critical torque, your critical speed. Um, and I, yeah, I, I guess we wanna say, we, like we're, we're gonna say the in absolute terms. We're not gonna talk about it in terms of like relative. So. What I mean by relative is that, um, like say if your critical power occurs at 15% of your max echo bike speed, so, um, or, or sorry, like 30 or 40% or 50% of your max echo bike uh, power output. So say you can get the echo bike or the rower or whatever, and just pick a number, up to 1,000 watts. Uh, we're not talking about, so let, let's say that in your critical power occurs at 20% of that, so 200 watts. Um, we're not talking about that. What we're talking about is how to actually raise that number from 200 to 220, 240, 250. Okay, we're not talking about changing a percentage. We're talking about how do you actually raise uh, the point on the echo bike, which is actually sustainable. Um, and that's, and again, that's a definable characteristic. So what's some basic points of, just think of it in terms of like, you know, new people come in. It's, these, are, these, these ideas are not gonna be foreign to anyone that we're going to discuss it's all about training that's how you improve your critical power so um yeah just some basic ideas on that i think the easiest one is just exposure to whatever you're going to be testing um con continued exposure takes away the novelty yeah. so someone's more comfortable on 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 an echo bike yeah let's just stick with the ergs for today yeah, yeah. echo bike is like the you see it every single time someone comes in when they first start their max rpm is 20 <laughs> and when you get them in there's no possible way for them to physically increase it within a week potentially but they come in the next week and all of a sudden they've almost doubled their first their their max output because they've been exposed to it before so then their body understands what's what was required and they can push harder yeah like even on something as simple as a as a as an echo bike, right? There is learning involved, and again, this is what we're saying is that like so, critical power is a metabolic rate, okay? And that metabolic rate can be associated with a power output on a modality, okay? So in the span of one week, you're not improving your metabolic rate, but the observable power output that is now sustainable just from practicing using the rower and using the bike and, and pushing when you're supposed to push on the handle and pulling when you're supposed to pull and not getting your shoelaces caught in whatever, that, in, that increases the pace on the bike, which is sustainable, okay? So skill, like learning the movements properly, obviously just developing, putting, putting time in on, 
on them, like in, in, for beginners of all intensities, will increase your critical power, which is associated with again with that pace that you can hold on the rower, on the skier, on the bike, or running that is sustainable for you for a long duration. Yeah, and then just <clears throat> just volume with training obviously makes a huge difference, um, and that and that's evident for anyone who's ever done any sort of work on an erg. The the more volume you put in, the the greater the training effect you have. So the more uh, oxygen you're able to extract from the from your environment, the more you're able to better diffuse it throughout your body. Um, so that ventilor, uh, ventilat- <laughs> ventilatory exchange <laughs> happens much more efficiently the more <clears throat> the more you train. Um, and that just and that just comes with like like Jason said with exposure and, and time on the on the erg. Yeah. You improve the delivery system and you improve the extraction system. So that's good. That's really what you're going to end up doing with training uh, with a novice. And again, today we're just going to try to dis- we're just going to discuss the ergs. And when we say ergs, think of running too, because running's the best of all of them. That's bias there. That's <laughs> fine. We'll, yeah, we'll probably have an episode where we go where 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 I go down a rabbit hole with running. Um, okay. So uh, the next, again, so what, what functions above critical power, right? Critical power is considered the, devi- the dividing line between the heavy domain uh, in this model and the severe domain. So in the, once you go above critical power, you are, what in the, again, in their model, you are no longer going to be able to stabilize your VO2 kinetics. Um, so you're basically your muscle is automatically becoming inefficient in terms of metabolism just to the nature of having to increase the amount of like glycolysis from anaerobic and uh, produce energy anaerobically and, and start utilizing more and more creatine phosphate at a higher rate. So it's just it's automatically becoming more more inefficient, which lends to the fact that that's why um, there is an endpoint once you go above this. Um, so. Uh, above critical power, the, 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 the one of the main takeaways from this model is they, they have predictive amounts of. Uh, so I sorry, I mean your endurance above critical power is predictive, uh, meaning that and that's a concept called W prime. So they can measure this, and it's usually done through uh, through through cycle ergometers and whatnot. They measure the amount of work that can be done for you above your critical power. Um, and it's 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 actually again it's quite simple to map out. I tried to give a, an example last episode. My first my first example was very poor and followed flat in his face. The second one was uh, was a little better. Um, but again, just to make make it quickly, um, well, it's actually it's not going to be quickly at all. Um, but we'll just keep it simple and say it's the amount of work that you can do in the unsustainable domains. That's that, that, and and with the caveat that you're constantly in. The non-sustainable domain. So, don't think of it in CrossFit as like, oh, I'm in my unsustainable domain. So I'm doing wall balls and I'm walking over to get the double unders. That's not the same. We're talking about a cycle ergometer and you knowing that, say, 60 RPMs on the Echo Bike is your critical power, and you stay at 61 or above the entire time. Okay. So with CrossFit, it's different. It's kind of thinking about like you're going 62 RPMs on the Echo Bike, and then once you stop wall balls and go to double unders. The echo bike stopped. It went to zero. Okay, so it, don't think of it like that. We're just talking ergs right now. Um, and the question is, or the idea is, how like can you increase that ability to work above critical power? Um, I actually don't know what that. I don't know how all that functions together. So I don't have a good answer for that. We'll probably come back to that later when 
I know, I know more. I'm not sure if you guys have any points on that, but we covered a bit of it in our initial discussion, which actually isn't on here. Um, like so, for people like uh, that are beginners, you would uh, you would assume their total capacity is quite low, um, but their sustainable capacity is also quite low. Um, so it so like the amount of work that can be done above that critical power, so above that sustainability threshold, uh, is, like I, I don't know how much different that is as people develop, but um, you would assume that as you improve the abilities, uh, improve the the individual's ability to utilize their more powerful motor units, you would assume that they will be able to get more work above that critical power. That's my assumption, and I, I don't have any real great evidence to back that up. Well, I haven't found any studies that say that you can increase W prime, and this is pretty much what you're getting at too, is like you haven't seen any. So it's, would you say that focusing training on improving critical power versus how much work you can do above an unsustainable pace makes more sense and more use of your time, better use of your time. Yeah, it's it, again um, with all of this, right? N most of what you know and what people think of of training doesn't change. It do it doesn't change. The goal is still to become more efficient, more skillful, have greater work capacity. But all we're trying to tell you with this is these things are definable and and explainable. Is it? It's explanatory. And again, to my initial point, people, I want people to start using these terms and start talking in this fashion um, because I just don't like, yeah, I just feel like that's the missing point. Like, you, so I think I used an example with yourself and Kendra. Like, imagine Kendra had to communicate with a nurse from a different country and they were just talking complete jargon to her. She's like, what? Like, like, sorry, how many how many millimoles are we supposed to use with this? Oh, uh, this much. You're like, I don't know what that means. Why aren't we all speaking the same language, right? In nutrition, people are able to speak the same language. They have defined terms. They know what protein is. Some people do. <laughs> um, anyway, but that's very helpful when trying to argue a position and trying to understand stuff. It's for everyone to be playing the same game. In fitness, people are not playing the same game. Everyone's playing their own game. And then they say their own game is the best game. But who knows? Because no one knows what the hell their game is. Only they know, right? And then they sell it to you so you can figure it out. I'm like, okay, so I just bought your game. But now what? Now someone else is talking about something else. That looks totally different. Well, it's actually not any different. It's just different terms. But you don't know that because no one's speaking the same language. And that's a, That really bugs me. Um, and that's really what I enjoy about reading articles is because people speak the same language. And they argue their point, but they only can argue the point because they're talking about the same definitions, right? They're not talking past one another. They're arguing about definable things, which is great, right? That's why I really like it. Um, so to Tom's point, yeah, I'm not really sure how you like because you would have to measure critical power, and then you have to and you have to measure the work being done above it. Um, a lot again, a lot of the times they use this three-minute all-out cyclergometer test. I don't know the actual details of the weight settings, that type of stuff. I don't know if you can do it on like um, on a bike erg. I don't know if you can do that. The instructions are usually three minutes max effort right from the start, not like feel it out. It's three minutes right from the start, go ham sandwich, and then just prepare to suffer uh, um, ungodly amounts. And then the way they usually do it, obviously they have a people, they have like a herd of people around you like screaming at you to make sure you don't slow down because motivation is inter is like so connected to the ability to withdraw that W prime 
Um, they have people screaming at you so that you do not slow down. You're just like, go, 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 and you're obviously going to slow down. Um, and they usually take critical power to be like the average pace you hold in the last 30 seconds of that three minutes, which again, I find like, I feel like I have to go watch this happen because I just, I can't even conceive how bad that would be. Like for trained individuals that are powerful but aren't cyclists, uh, that would be un that would be ungodly, that pain. Um, anyway, so like they would say like the, the last 30 seconds, they can usually associate to your critical power because the idea, the thinking is you've used up all of your W prime in the preceding two minutes and 30 seconds. So in the last 30 seconds, because you're trying to go as fast as you can, you cannot reconstitute W prime. So you are working at a rate that is wholly aerobic in nature. That's their point. Now you feel like crap, but the point is you have no W prime to expend anymore. So you are with, you're basically held back, so to speak. Um, it'll feel a lot more, it'll feel a lot worse than you being held back. Um, and more like held down. <laughs> like it's the held down on the bike. <laughs> it's more like it. Jason is just naughty. Like I think he's getting sick. We should actually have. We should get two bikes and have you and Nadia do it. That'd be great. <laughs> Can you imagine? I, like, I would not finish three minutes. That's what I mean. I'm like I. That's why I, I find that I find that hard to believe. But either way, that's a constant thing. They. they that's a very constant thing they do. So. Just thinking about that in, in the sense of... Sorry, some to cut you off there, Scott. So I guess we could technically go back in time. And go, sorry, go back. Sorry, go back to revisit that test in six months and see. Like maybe your critical power is the same, but maybe you, you did more work in the three minutes, right? So maybe your critical power pace is the same at the end. So it's like, oh, that's actually not any different. But the work done above it is higher. I'm not sure if, if uh, I'm sure I, I would imagine they've tested this, but I I haven't read it, so we're not going to discuss too much more. Yeah, I just wonder that like that. So we talk about someone doing it on train. Like, if you're trying to get someone to do that test on train, they're probably not going to finish it. If you get someone to do it who's like an intermediate level competitor, let's just say we're talking CrossFitters and we're getting them to do this, mm-hmm. you'll get them to do it and get a relatively representative score of potentially what their critical power is. But then someone who's really highly trained, like I feel like because, and we talked about this before we started recording, like their ability to train at a percentage relative to their, like their, so their critical power relative to their absolute power is quite high. So then they would drain technically if you're, if they're doing an all out three minute all out uh, sprint on the cycle ergometer they're going to utilize their W prime really quickly, you would think. So they're going to be holding on to that three-minute test for after they've depleted their W prime for a lot longer than someone like myself, for example, who doesn't cycle. Do you know what I mean? So, like, wouldn't the is is that like accurate representation of what the critical power actually would be then? Or like, would they be able to hang on to that critical power pace? for say one minute versus the last 30 seconds of someone who's not as well trained. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I think like even in highly motivated people, you would see them actually push to the point of full exertion, but someone who's well trained also may hold back because they know what it's going to feel like. And that's not really the intent of the test. So, I mean, I think maybe myself, I'd be able to push it because we did the Moxie test and I was on the ground for 20 minutes after but 
someone who's well trained in CrossFit, you you know those individuals that don't really push it all the way, and they kind of always are holding something back. It'd be very hard to convince them to do that from the get. So I I don't know. I think it'd be really hard to find in CrossFit. No, I think it's really tough to try to explain an increase in W prime without talking about critical torque, because if you're looking at how how high their RPM potential RPM is during that test, like that's going to be dependent on their ability to produce power in the first bit, which is going to be depend uh, tied directly to their critical torque as well. So taking that out of the equation of trying to find out an increase in W prime, I don't think it works. That's just my thought process on that. Yeah, again, there's um, they've done this thousands of times on these people. That's the standard test they use. So I think we just maybe we'll just revisit that in another episode, but just take you through how the test works. And, and so the way science works is they would have had to create the test. They would have had to validate the test. They would have had to show their test is repeatable. And if it and that's the only reason they'd be continuing to use it because it is repeatable. Um, but it doesn't mean it's repeatable on a bike erg. It doesn't mean it's repeatable on an echo bike. It doesn't like it doesn't mean that because um, I, I again have you I haven't read that so I can't say for sure it works. I know they do it with running as well. Like three minutes hard as you can right from the get go and just hang on for dear life. And the last thirty seconds, your average basically meters per second pace is what they consider your critical uh, speed. And again, the reason they use this because it's a field test. Um, and again, the idea, and this is where it all ties together, the idea is that you are going to expend all of your W prime initially, and then what you're left with is only your critical power. You can't go any faster, um, which we touched on the last time, I believe, is that the way you reconstitute your W prime is through intermittency. And either it's either resting intermittency or it's recovery pace intermittency. So again, let's just, let's just use that example where we put some poor... <laughs> some poor soul through that on a biker okay and they go as hard as they can right from the get-go and they manage to not vomit by the three minute mark um they have to go below that critical power pace so let's just call it 200 watts on the bike um and so based on the predictions in the model is that the moment people go below that 200 watts so that critical power you begin reconstituting the w prime the moment you go below it. And, and vice versa, the moment you go above critical power or critical torque or critical speed, you begin using W prime. And it's, this is not negotiable stuff. So it's either you go above it, it you're, you're, you're entering into the unsustainable realm, you begin draining that battery or draining that gas tank or draining that bank account, whatever you want to think about. Even if the bank account can last three to four hours potentially or two hours. It can't. It won't like. But that's what I mean. It's like as soon as you're one RPM or one watt over, you may, you're still draining the account. You're draining it but immediately. Even if that account lasts in a very long time, it's mm. you're, you're it's not being, it's not indefinite. It's, it's yeah. That's that's what I mean. So the, anything above critical power, critical speed, critical speed, critical torque is by definition unsustainable. And what we said in the last episode is predictably unsustainable. And they can mathematically, they can kind of figure out what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. Um, because if they know your W prime, so they know how much work can be done above critical power, critical torque, critical speed, um, and they know what your critical power is, they can calculate how far you're going to be able to go within reason, right? 
that's the that's the power of of this like to me that's that's the part that really should make people wake up and go wow that's pretty cool um that's an interesting way of discussing it and to just go touch on the intermittency thing a bit more right so just use that example someone again some their critical power turns out to be 200 watts on the bike erg they have to go below 200 watts to start reconstituting w prime which means the ability to start going faster than 200 watts um and the basically the space between that 200 watts that they're going to go in their recovery will likely affect the speed with which their w prime increase um, reloads itself and recharge itself and builds back up so the fastest way to re to, to the likely fastest way to build w prime back up is to stop to just completely stop um, because you want to have a lot of delivery coming in a lot of blood flow to oxygen and no and no utilization you want no effort so um, and that's based on again that's based on the model being the farther the farther below critical power you go the faster it's going to reconstitute itself and this is where the fitness aspect comes in, right? So if the fitter, again, use the words fitter, uh, the fitter an individual is, you can assume the faster they're going to reconstitute their W prime, even if they drain the battery, they drain the gas tank, they're gonna recharge it faster than the other person. Um, and they'll be able to go like slightly below critical power. So maybe the person doesn't have to go zero watts on the bike, they can go to 100, 150. Uh, and the fit person will recover faster than the person who isn't fit. Um, because that's that's just the way that's just the way things work. They have a more efficient system. Um, they have more blood flow. They have a greater ability to deliver oxygen. Like that's how this all works. If you have a training scenario where you have two people that are differently, like me and Tom, for example, for both doing row repeats or something like that, it's an observable thing. Like you can see that Tom can continue to go, and there'll be a point where you be like, uh oh. Like Scott's in trouble. There's no way he's gonna be able to hold that pace that's prescribed because the rest, he needs more rest than what's prescribed right now. Yeah. Because he's not as fit as Tom. It's really easy to see that. This is just giving it, uh, you know, more more context and a yep. way to describe it, right? Yeah. The sorry, go ahead, Jay. No, just like apples to apples. Tom and I did the Moxie tests, and like our our scores on the first two were great, but he was much better at reconstituting W <laughs> on number three or four. Mine was not good yeah and again there's lots of things that go into what w prime is how you use it how you reconstitute it how it functions this is just a really small beginning um and i, I really can't emphasize that enough um this we, we were we're trying to make it uh digestible and just and keep talking about the same things over and over but there is there's a lot behind this um a lot Okay, um, actually the one thing, one thing Scott said, and yeah, you just observe the best CrossFit athletes, right? There's two main things going on there, right? They possess the ability to reconstitute W prime or recover their unsustainable abilities quick. They do it. Um, and they also have an uncanny ability to know when to take their foot off the gas. They know exactly when to take their foot off the gas, when to slow it down, when to speed it up. Um, these are these are performative traits, right? These aren't. This is nothing to do with the model, but this is how they're working it because they're working within a system that is confined, um, and that's just how it functions. And the user has to figure out the best way to make this work. And again, that's where developing fitness, developing good movement patterns, developing skill, and having awareness and understanding of yourself, like the know yourself, 
um, this is where this all comes together and you have to act within this power duration relationship and the best the best CrossFit athletes do this and they do this better than anybody because they know exactly when to jump on the rings and when to come off the rings they know exactly when to speed up on the rower and when they can't speed up on the rower like deep but again the point of this is is what what we're talking about is describing what you're seeing that's that's what this is it's just describing what's happening thanks for tuning in if you like the episode and know someone else that will please share it with them as it helps to grow our reach if you haven't done so already please leave us a review wherever you listen for questions about topics covered on the show or topics we haven't covered yet send those questions to spiraloutpodcast at gmail.com we do read the emails and have some topics that were submitted by listeners and we plan to cover them in the near future you can follow at optimum underscore performance underscore training on Instagram to find out when new episodes are available. And last but not least, if you guys are in Calgary, come by and check out the gym. We offer individual design as well as personal training for those close by. If you live far, head over to optimumperformancecalgary.com to get information on remote coaching and athlete camps. Catch you guys in two weeks.